Joshua chapter 7, verse 18. Then he brought his household, man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. Just looking at this picture on the screen, to say a lot has changed over the years is really an understatement. Just think back 20 years and all the things that you can now fit in your pocket on one device. Well, you almost needed a truck 20 years ago to haul around, didn't you? But people really have not changed. We may be a little softer some ways, harder in others. But when it comes right down to it, right down to it, we're still scared and brave. We're still happy and depressed. We're still joyful and critical. Still open and judgmental. If we are a Christian, we are children of God here in Portland, Tennessee. Just like Joshua and the children of Israel in the promised land. We're God's children. Now, just as they were then. We, like the children of God then, face defeat. And I want to use the children then to show the children now how that we can overcome defeat by getting the sin out of our camp, which stands as a metaphor for our congregation and it stands as a metaphor for our lives today. We're going to overcome defeat just like the children of Israel did with a two-pronged attack. You know, when Joshua and the children of Israel, they, they finally did take the city of Ai, they used a two-pronged ambush attack. A large force faced the enemy and it, it caused a diversion, while a smaller force ambushed the city and then joined with the main force to defeat the king of Ai and his army and destroy all the people of the city. The story, in a way, though, the, the, the victory at I does not start with a victory, but it really starts with a defeat. They had come off a great victory at the Battle of Jericho. The Battle of Jericho went well. They did exactly what God wanted them to do. They marched around the city. On that seventh day, they marched around it seven times and the, the walls fell down and they rushed in and they killed everybody and everything. But they were supposed to take the spoil. They were supposed to take the gold and the silver and they were supposed to put it into the treasury. Now, Joshua and the army, they turned their attention toward the city of Ai. And just like just like he had done for, for Jericho, he sent out spies. He sent out a reconnaissance force. And the reconnaissance force goes up to Ai and they say, Oh, these people, we can take them easy. 
We can take these folks. You don't need but two or three thousand. Send them up there. You don't have to send the whole army. Well, Joshua does. He listens to his spies, and they lost 36 men that day. They fled from the enemy. Joshua, this is what he does. He, he tears his clothes and he cries to God, Why, God, why? Why will we defeat it? He crawls, he's, he's on the ground, weeping to God. Why couldn't we have just camped over on the other side of the Jordan? Why did we have to come here and be destroyed like this? You know what God tells him? Get up. Will you get up? He says this. Joshua chapter 7, verse 11. Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, for they have taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived, and they have also put it among their own stuff. Israel had sinned. And and when we look back at, at the account of Jericho, we really don't see where. But according to God, all of the children of Israel had sinned. All of them had. Have they all stolen something from Jericho? Have they all stolen something and, and put it in their tent? Well, no. It ends up just being one guy. We read about him at the first. Achan is his name, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah. Joshua didn't know Achan was, was the guy that, that he was the cause. But God gives instructions. He gives instructions to make careful examination. All of the tribes were to come to Joshua's big meeting. And if you remember, here's a picture of the, the way they used to camp. They used to camp by tribe with the, the center of meeting, the tabernacle being in the middle. And Joshua calls this big meeting. And as they come forward, God's going to whittle them down. He's going to whittle them down by tribe. It ends up being the tribe of Judah. He's going to whittle them down by family. And then he's going to whittle them down by household. And then he's going to whittle them down man by man. And Achan was singled out. And the instructions were very clear. Joshua chapter 7, verse 15. Then it shall be that he who is taken with the accursed thing shall be burned with fire, and he and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord and because he has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. And until this was done, until Joshua and the children of Israel made this right, notice Joshua chapter 7, verse 12, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies but turned their backs before their enemies because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed from among you. God was not going to be with them anymore until things were made right. Because all the children of Israel sinned? No. Because one sinned. He caused the whole group to be tainted. One sinned. And they all sinned. A careful examination had to be made and sin had to be, had to be gotten out of the camp before they could proceed and defeat any more of their enemies and take the promised land. Achan was found, the hidden sin was found, 
Joshua and the children of Israel stoned him and his whole family and their animals to death, and they burned them. And before the, cho- before the children of Israel could make a two-pronged attack on Ai, we've got to make a careful examination ourselves. Before they could make a two-pronged attack on Ai, they had to make a two-pronged attack on themselves. They had to repent, and they had to obey. Why? Well, to save themselves. To save themselves and take the promised land. Now, just like it it was then, it's the same today. It's the same today. Just notice a New Testament example. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. I'm going to read this passage, then I'm going to come back and, 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 and discuss it just a little. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and such sexual immorality is not even named among the Gentiles, that a man has his father's wife, and you're puffed up. And have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I indeed, as absent in the body but present in the spirit, have already judged as though I were present him who has done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you're gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glorying is not good. You do not know that, do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened, for indeed Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. This, this Achan of the early church was disobedient to God. Notice verse 1 here. He, he was sexually immoral. He even had his father's wife. He had his stepmother. You know, that wouldn't be cool today. For one of us to go marry our stepmother, wouldn't that be, we would, well, okay, what we'd say. That'd be awful today. And they had that in the church. That sin was was in the camp. Notice verses 1 and 2. Sexual immorality is among you. Notice, this is not even named among the Gentiles. Notice what he says. You are puffed up and have not not rather mourned. The church was no better. Than the one man who's sinning. They're no better. Look at verse 6. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. That's what Joshua and the children of Israel had to learn. Way back there before they could defeat I. That's what the, the children of God at Corinth had to learn. They had to get sin out of the camp. Just like today, when one disobeys, it reflects on the whole. Fountainhead, when we disobey God, it reflects on the whole. And this sin has got to be taken care of. Look at verse 4. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you're gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
Would you please, I can almost hear Paul say it out of his mind, would you please deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh? Would you please get this sin out of your camp? Careful examination must be made. And sin has got to be taken out of the camp. Notice verse 7. Therefore purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump since you are truly unleavened. So what can be done? What can we do? As a congregation, when sin is in our camp, well, we can use the same two-pronged attack that the children of Israel had to use on themselves so many years ago. We can repent and obey. Repent and obey. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 4, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you think Paul's serious here? In the name of Jesus and in the power of Jesus. Look at 1 Corinthians 5, verse 12. For what have I, do with, what I, what have I to do with judging those also who are outside? Do you, not, do you not judge those who are inside? In other words, judge those in. Don't stop judging those people outside. You judge those who are inside the church. But those who are outside, God judges. Verse 13, therefore put away from yourselves the evil person. Get the evil person out of the camp, out of the church. Why? Verse 5, to save the guilty one. Verse 6, and to save the church. There's a reason. Now, let's point the finger at us. Let's point the finger at us. The child of God today. Romans 3.23, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory. We are defeated by sin all the time. We disobey and we are enslaved by sin. Romans 1.21, because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. This sin brings spiritual death. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Our sin affects our whole body, especially our mind. It really affects our mind. Notice how Paul talks about the enslavement of sin and he makes careful examination of himself. And I want you to put you, the, the finger's pointing at us, okay? I want to put, put us in Romans chapter 7, okay? When, 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 when the word, the pronoun I is used, think about yourself. Just, just for a moment. Romans chapter 7, beginning with verse 15. For what am I doing? I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But I hate what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is my, in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil that I will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil 
is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For, for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. With the flesh, I serve sin. If you're too young and don't understand or you've lost the ability to blush, this passage makes no sense. But for those of us who want to be right with God, this passage makes perfect sense. We understand Romans chapter 8, verse 7, because the carnal mind, the, the mind that's on earthly things, the lustful things, our carnal mind is enmity. It's hostile against God, for it's not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Sin makes us an enemy of God, just like the Corinthians, just like the children of Israel, and just like then. Sin has to be taken care of now. Romans 4, verse 7, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Today, just like then, our defeats can be overcome if we'll make that two-pronged attack. Repent and obey. We should repent because... God is so good to us. I didn't put this one in your, in your handout. Write it down. Romans 2 verse 4. Or do you despise? Listen, we, God is so good to us, and we know that God is so good to us, and we should repent and obey, Romans 2 verse 4, or do you despise the riches of His goodness, forbearance, the riches of His long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads us to repentance? The gospel must be obeyed, Romans 1.16, for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And here's how you obey the gospel. Romans chapter 6, beginning with verse 1, what shall I say then? Shall I continue in sin? Shall I continue to be a slave so that I can get more grace, so that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? There's the death. Of Jesus, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4, the death of Jesus is part of the gospel. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. There's the burial, the death, the burial. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, when we're raised out of the waters of baptism, we have been obedient to God. Even so, we should walk in newness of life, and we've got to change. And when it comes time, We've got to repent and obey. Just like the children of Israel did then, we need to do so today. There's a way to overcome our defeats. We must get sin out of the camp by repenting of our sins and obedience to God's Word. And then we've got to keep pushing on. You know, a lot of times we'll, we'll have those defeats. And we get down. 
we'll have a friend or, or a family member or, or we'll do something and mess up and, and we just want to quit. That's what Joshua wanted to do way back. He fell on the ground started crying. What did God tell him? Get up. Keep moving on. If Joshua, would have laid, if Joshua and the children of Israel would have laid down then, they would have never taken the promised land. It's the same with us today. So you've had a defeat. Get up. Repent and obey. You know, 20 minutes ago, you may not have been thinking about obeying the gospel. 20 minutes ago, you may not have been thinking about obeying the gospel. That, that was then. How about now? Come right now, as together we stand and sing.